That's it. We're on. Welcome. This is not your average musician podcast. Oh, fuck. You know what I forgot? What episode is this? Welcome. This is not your average musician podcast episode 11 with me, Isaac Hernandez, and my newish co-host, Dalton McLaughlin. How are you, Dalton? Uh, I'm still. What's up with you? Chilling, man. Ready to get this going today. How's uh, how's everything? How was your week? Um, let's see. Well, today's Wednesday, so midweek. I did something I've never done yesterday, which I played 36 holes of golf in one day. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't even know what that means, dude. Like what? So, so a full round of golf is 18 holes. Yeah. Which means I played two rounds. And okay. the reason why I got to play two is like pay, pace of play with uh, golf is interesting because say if you're playing with, you know, like usually they let you play with up to four people in a group. Um, so say if you're playing in a group of four people, just the time it takes for everyone to take their shots is roughly three and a half, four hours. Now, sometimes that can be more if there's like people in front of you because you have to wait to play a hole mm. sometimes. Like on the 3rd of July, I played in a foursome with friends and it took us like five and a half hours. So it was a really long day. But yesterday I went through my first round in like maybe a little under two hours. Like I was just flying by, playing by myself. I was like, dude, it's only like four. I'm bored. <laughs> like I don't want to go home. Round so I two. Got, yeah. So I went and got some new tees and then I played not the same course. I played a, a different course. Because I guess in theory, I could have not paid and just trolled and played the same course again. Because people do that sometimes. But I was yeah. like, no, I want to play a different course. So that, that's what I did yesterday. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, cool. And yeah, what else? That I want to say that's it. School started. I don't know. I think last time I might have said I'm officially, I officially uh, got through my BS registration. So I'm going to get that teaching certification. So I'm doing homework again, which is not fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Especially when you can't, you can't meet all your, your classmates. So, you know, when you make your all about me page, you have to like, see like who, who, who is this guy? So that, that's what I'm up to. But what, what are you up to? Well, like you, uh, class started. Um, oh no. Yeah. So I'm taking, I'm taking a writing summer course and uh, it's not that bad. Actually. I, I like it. It's uh, but yeah, at the same time, it's a drag. Cause you know, it's, I gotta, I gotta work. do stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, and that, and I'm dude, I'm, I'm over school too. Like I'm just ready, ready to graduate. I'm exhausted. Um, when, when are you supposed to graduate? The end of this year. So the fall semester is my last semester. Um, okay yeah and then and then that's it and then i don't i mean the original plan was to go get my master's but like now i'm on the fence you know <laughs> and then i don't know i guess i guess it'll, there'll be a decision but i guess more closely related to this week i don't know man i've just been making youtube videos you know for the school that's been fun and i've also uh what's that they're fire Sorry <laughs> to chime in, but they're they're awesome. They're good videos. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of trying to put in that production value, you know, get the lighting, get all the the animations and things like that. Um, but I've also been working out with friends from 
across the gym in a parking lot. And um, that's been fun. And I don't feel like puking at the end anymore. So I think that's improvement. Yeah. All my, all my strength is gone. All the numbers I could hit before there's like nowhere near, but I just don't feel as shitty. <laughs> so let's get a golf, golf club. <laughs> is that actually a good thing? Yeah, I mean, it's like the little baby claps. People don't like clap clap in golf. Like if you hit a good shot or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like that used to be because it's like a gentleman's sport. Right. But kind kind of when Tiger Woods became a phenom, and he was, I mean, he's the he's the goat, greatest of all time. But there was a, a period in Tiger's life where first he came in like the late nineties, mm-hmm. but like two thousand six seven. It's like literally watching like a video game. Like so much to where they made this uh, purposeful glitch that was called like the Jesus shot where like Tiger Woods could walk on water and like <laughs> hit the ball in water. Like that's how good he was. Like no joke. And they made a commercial with him in it too. Good God. Yeah. But any, anywho, like, but before that, like golf was very nice. And then like Tiger and then people just started going nuts. Oh, he was, he changed the game. He was too yeah, much. He, he people ma- couldn't contain themselves. Yeah, he made it really cool. So, like, people, like, clap now, but, like, still, like, the golf clap is. Gotcha. Maybe for your older, grumpier golfers, which is a lot of them. Gotcha. Not not for the, the new school of uh, no. golf golfers. I am cut off. No more golf. <laughs> That's it. I've limited myself. <laughs> cool. I think uh, the listeners will, will think, because it's like, dude, I thought this was a music podcast. Why is Dalton talking about golf? I'm obsessed right yeah. now. <laughs> how is the how's the music? Any practicing, anything like that? Um <laughs> let me think. I, it's, when I practice, it's good. When I don't, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, well, it's really hot here, so not to kind of like sound like a complaining individual, but my nails get really long really fast. Because <laughs> okay. they, they they grow faster when it's hot. So I gotta file them. And I'm going to cut off that nail rant before it gets going. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. But, but the practicing is good. I actually, the other day I was practicing going to California, like solo guitar version, which is in double drop D. So the, the high E is also D because it kind of has the blue grassy folksy feeling. Yeah. And then out of, out of nowhere, I just, attempted to play something that wasn't that song in the tuning because it still kind of feels like drop d just plus a high d so if you play something in g or d you can kind of play all the chords and have an open d string um so i actually played creep by radiohead put the capo fifth fret so it's in the right key g and then it's cool i should probably record it Uh, i gotta get good at making videos first but it's cool because it all works. And then for the end little part, you go on the very high register of the guitar, which for me is up to the 19th fret because that's all classical guitars have, right. which is still high. And then you do tremolo and it sounds really cool. <laughs> so that, that's what I've been, that's, I guess, practice wise, that's all I've been up to. That's cool. That's cool. You got to, yeah, you got to, all those guitar, like classical arrangements of like songs that everybody knows, those are, that's where that's where it's at for the yeah. the youtube man it's just uh that's what it is nobody listens to my new piece 161 views 
dude that's poor, poor piece <laughs> it's it's better than zero man for sure it is yeah but wait till wait till this podcast actually starts taking off man then it's gonna start trickling down you know yeah, it better <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <clears throat> cool cool so what are we talking about today uh, so our, our brief uh, topic that I wanted to discuss that was actually suggested by my mom. So shout out to her because she yes. thought it'd be fun. Uh, before we have Tony join us, he's our guest for today, is I wanted to have a little bit of insight on uh, what it's like to go busking. Okay. Uh, and I guess I can start. Um, so I've bust maybe like four times. So initially I tried to do it with my nylon guitar and it ended up being such a horrible experience where I just closed the case and just practiced. <laughs> you know, like some, some little kid gives you like a couple quarters and I was yeah. doing, I did all this in Central Park. Uh, so then I uh, just gave the quarters to like the food stand guy in his tip jar. I'm like, I don't want this. This is, this is stupid. And then I did it a couple other times, actually before teaching lessons in queens i was living in washington heights so i come down to like the bottom of the park and do the whole u thing to get to queens with mm -hmm. the n train but i had so summer was slow so my first lesson was until like 12 so i actually went to the park went right by the zoo entrance and played with this uh, uh guitar that a student gave me because it was a piece of crap and they're like, I don't want this. So like a boyfriend gave it to me and I'm not dating him anymore. He sucks. So you can have it. I'm like, all right, cool. Free guitar, horrible guitar. But anywho, uh, ended up giving it away. But I bust right there and I lasted probably like 40 minutes. Like it was so hot where my shirt from the guitar, like literally like collarbone to probably like belly button was drenched in sweat. I sang because I realized that nobody cares about <laughs> just solo guitar music in the park. Um, and I probably got the couple of times I did it, I got like eight bucks. So I got whole all food. That's it. And I'm like, never again, except I do have a shout out to the guy who plays classical guitar and the Bethesda Terrace. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been, that's where like the cool fountain is in central park. Hmm. I have I a lot of cent central park knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I've but seen anywho, the fountain, but not the not the not the guitar guy. Yeah, but he he goes there like every day, like literally every day. Like I would go to the park a lot. I see him every day. I follow people who like take Central Park pictures. He's there every day. Wow. Uh, it'd be like ten degrees out. That dude is there. So he's he's just hustling. I don't know if that's busking anymore. That just sounds like his job. If he just goes <laughs> and plays in Central Park. Yeah. But anywho, to sum it up. Uh, I, I retired busking, uh, <laughs> and I'm not getting a pension or anything for it. It's just retired. Boom. No yeah. more. Yeah. What about for the rock guitarist where people like you? Ooh. Ooh. Um, so I don't know if people know this, but in, in New York city, if you want to be amplified, you need a permit. You can't just yeah. show up with your amplifier and just plug in and kind of start wailing. People do it, but you could get a ticket. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you know, and it's a fine, you know, but it's preferable not to. So the, fir the first couple of times I did it, I did it with my friend 
and uh the one we're in the same band so we did a couple we did it in bedford is that yeah bedford ave on the g train stop because that's like where he lives so we would hang out and then we'd go play a couple songs but we didn't make anything so it was it was like not a good spot we did once in penn station and did i don't i mean I, the fact that i can't remember if we made any money or not i mean, probably means that we if we made any money it was probably like five bucks or whatever it was i, I don't know <laughs> but but i you know what it, it was i remember it being fun just because i wasn't by myself so it was like we were just kind of hanging out and jamming but again nobody could really hear you because we're playing on acoustic guitars so he's people could hear him sing but he was like yo solo and i remember feeling like this is like the lamest thing ever because i'm like you know soloing with an acoustic guitar and i'm like nobody could nobody can hear this um the one have you ever heard of this make music new york thing where yeah like, I've, I've heard of that so we we've done we've done that twice and the first time again i can't remember if we made money but i remember <laughs> I, rem I remember it being fun so I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to see the, the glass half full. But there was, there was one time, the first time we did it, it was just in the street in Brooklyn. And that time we were amplified. And I remember I bought this little guy just for that because it's battery powered, right? Anyway, and I plugged in. And then when he told me to solo, then I soloed, clicked that overdrive button on the little lamp it was louder than i thought it'd be and away it went and then the last time I remember we actually it was for another year for make music new york this time we had the full band so we had drums bass guitar keyboards i can't recall if we made money or not but it was it was a lot of fun so so the moral of this is if you're busking by yourself you don't make money and it sucks yeah and if if you're busking with <laughs> friends then you don't make money but it's fun yeah yeah exactly yeah i would i would say that it was it was a lot of fun but yeah i don't think i made any money um i don't it's funny i do know i don't know if i know anybody that makes money busking but i know there are people that do make money busking you know, like that, like that guy that you saw on the fountain, like if he does it every day, he's probably making some bucks, you know, I just, I feel like you got to stick with it longer. And I, and I was, you know, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do this on the regular. Like, it's cool. You try it, but I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. Was that the experience that, for you? Yeah, pretty much. The time I have seen people making money is that, uh, it's usually like the amplified violin person playing yes. like ed sheeran covers <laughs> yeah um or in the rare case i've seen string quartets like play at the same place for like 10 hours in one day like no joke but they they made money and again i was uh listening to my my when i was your guest not your co-host and i was complaining about the string quartet people and here i am again complaining about <laughs> the string quartet people who already can make more money because they can play more gigs, but they can make money busking too. So, those sons of bitches. Yeah, not fair. Yeah, but uh, I've seen I've seen some people like on the there was this like I, I remember seeing a flamenco guy on 14th Street, and he was really good. And then I remember I, I probably gave him a couple of bucks, but he was there on a regular basis. 
But you know what? He was amplified. Like his acoustic guitar had a cable. Oh, well, wait, so hold, they, hold, hold on. I know, bro. Flamen- flamenco would be a, an acoustic? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. in a, he was playing an acoustic, but, you know, it was... Oh, like, he was, like, actually playing on an acoustic, like, steel string flamenco? No, I misspoke. It's a uh, nylon uh, string that, was, uh, that had uh, amplifying capabilities before we flip out. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I just, I just flipped out because I'm like, wait, I mean, technically a flamenco guitar or a classical guitar, because there's a slight difference, they're both nylon string, is not the same as an acoustic guitar. However, it is still an acoustic guitar in the sense where it doesn't need to be plugged in. It's getting too technical. It was a, it was a nylon string guitar that had amplifying capabilities and, or, or the cable. I don't know. And then, <laughs> They're and then all acoustic Isaac, guitars to me. <laughs> Isaac just slapped me over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> but, Get out of here, Dalton. But you know what I'm saying. He, so he was really good. And he, I remember he, he used to make some money. But he was out there. And, you know, people, Con- people could hear him. Consistent. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. At least for me, the consistency, not there. The <laughs> yeah, fun, not there. The money, not there. Yeah. The, there is- the mora- morale, not there. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the overall willingness to get out there. And I'm like, nah. I don't know about this one, but there is a, there is this brass little like trio. They're called too many zoos. I don't know if you ever heard of them and they got like kind of famous. Like, I don't know if they're famous, famous or like internet famous, but I've seen them on 14th street, not on the platform, but I don't know if you remember, there was like a big, like a space, like people usually like, I think signed up for that spot through like the actual city they had permits and things like that but these guys didn't need one because technically they're not amplified like a trumpet's just an acoustic instrument and so is a tuba loud acoustic instrument right (laughs) so they were good and i remember being there but what was interesting they used they wore these like crazy outfits like i remember like like the like the sax guy would have like pink hair and he'd be like in like a thousand percent hipster mode Oh, I'm sorry. I just lit up. I saw these guys not at 14th Street. Um, oh man, hold on. Give me a second here. It's been like almost a year since I've lived in New York. You're making me miss New York. Screw California. <laughs> um, gosh, what's Harold Square, 34th Street? There we go. I got it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I saw. Know. I saw the same group there. Yeah. Now that you're like talking about it, I think was there a trombone there too? Maybe. I, they, I, I can't remember exactly, but I know I, you might be right. Uh, I just can't remember correctly. I know there was a tuba and there was a guy basically with like a big uh, bass drum and he kind of tricked it out so he could hit like, I think he had like a hi-hat. He, I don't know. He did some modification. He just kind of wore it like the big band style or marching band style. And But what was cool is that they kind they play like... I want to say like like house techno-ish music like the you know it was it was like like fist pumping music yeah yeah it was you know they would play like like it was, I don't I don't know what you would call it because I don't know the songs but it was I called the wubs and the dubs sure yeah <laughs> I guess the, that yes stuff. yeah the that that stuff dubs. yeah so it was very accessible people would get pumped up and they would they would get big crowds like I remember walking by and they would have like 
sometimes 30 to like 50 people just gathered around and it was like a big ass party in the subway. It was That's uh, what happens when the trains are delayed for 30 minutes, which happens more often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I feel, I guess for them, it, it definitely worked. And I know I've seen them on YouTube and, you know, with like a decent, decent following and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. So they're, they're famous before they hit the streets. I think it happened the other way. I think they got famous oh, through the streets and then became like more internet uh, famous. Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should start a, a busking duo. How would that, are you play? What would we even play? That's the <laughs> point. It'd be, it'd be a mess. <laughs> it would, I don't even know how that would work. I, I would play like, a minor, D minor, E major, Roomba style, and you can just play the harmonic minor. That's all I need, bro. That's yeah. You, that's you had, when you said three, three to four chords, I'm like, all right, I'm down. I know, uh, I know some scales. And uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's it, man. We could, oh, it could be, uh, you know, like uh, Rodrigo and Gabriela, but like they, sh- they shred. They do shred. I'm not I'm not saying we could be like that. At least I can't I can't shred on that level. But no. but I could play electric guitar and kind of I don't know. That's just what came to mind. Ooh. Look out. Yeah. We we might be we might be busking in the future once this whole thing is over. Yeah, I'll come I'll come back. Yeah. Stay we'll certified. Hit. Get my day job, busker yes. by night. <laughs> we'll hit the streets, man. Look out. I'm down. Let's go on all right what's next i think um well before before we bring him on uh we can just talk a little bit about our guest today uh tony which we won't hype him up too much because we'll let him give his story uh but i know i knew tony from teaching at nyc guitar school Uh, that's where we meet a lot of our cool music friends or have uh, I've, we have cool music friends from other facets of the world. So tune in for those. Uh, but he was just like one of the coolest guys that I worked with where he, he was very, he was very like, not, I would say strict about like his schedule as far as all of those lessons were 45 minutes. Nobody got a second more and boom out the door, boom in the door, boom out where me, I'm like, I can never do that. I was just, I wasn't, as good as that but when he could like actually have time to chill because like tony is so booked it was insane starts at three gets done at nine i wish we could all be that booked uh but then he would hang out and he would ask me about my nails or something dumb like that <laughs> he's, like, he's like wait he's like so how do you what do you do i was like uh-oh you don't want to ask that or he'd ask he's like how'd you come up with that weird tuning and then with me i'm just like dude, how do you like alternate pick so fast? <laughs> like these like super simple. And he's like, Hey, you just kind of close the pick and go, Wow, and he just wail. I was like, Oh, okay. I can, down up, down I can up. try that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, super cool guy. Like one of those guys that, uh, where after our shows with all the students, like you would definitely go hang out. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, we're work friends. Like, sayonara dude it's like no dude we just we just had 30 of our students like in the whole studio play for two hours which 
sometimes those concerts like they were fun but those were long yeah they're they're work <laughs> you know a uh, little inside joke here uh, how many times did you hear the best drum in those um <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, where we would hang out. Uh, so super cool guy. So very excited to have him on because I haven't talked to him very much since, other than to tell him that I learned solo Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, of course. He's he, he's a rock guy, so I just had to tell him. I was like, dude, I've I've gone to the dark side. Of <laughs> like I I have I guess I haven't become a rock guitarist, but I played some rock songs. Yeah, going to California, that's rock. That's definitely rock, dude. Yeah. I was I was learning Sweet Child of Mine, but I honestly, I got bored with it because I learned all the way up to the solo in like an hour. And I'm just like, that wasn't hard enough. Also, it so, wasn't challenging for you. So it was... Yeah, I was just boring. like, I mean, the solo is cool, but like, and if I played it and like actually made it sound good, I guarantee you I'd be a star at every social gathering. Yeah, for sure. But um, also, so you're, you're like one of those weird musicians that likes to challenge themselves. And kind yeah, of I'm just like, I don't want fans. this. Yeah, you know, that's funny. Lots of people are like, I want that easy song and that easy gratification. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I guess it depends. I don't, there's a, not to get too technical, there is repertoire out there where I can never play it, like on classical guitar. Right. And like I'm thinking of an example, not that you know this piece um, or lots of people know this piece because it's a classical piece, but there's this piece called uh, Memory of Music by Nicholas Mall and Marcin Deal plays it. And like even just the opening four seconds, I was like, yeah, that would take me 40 hours to learn. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, it, it just opens insanely hard. It's one of those like dodecaphonic music where it's like, atonal and then it uses all the weird scales which I, i'm trying to think what's the one that skips between half steps and whole taps the scale the whole tone scale no no the one that oh the octatonic scale oh yeah that that alternates between half steps and whole steps uh-huh uh because there's only eight notes in it um but like like it has like kind of like that stuff in it and then just like all right well, you can play that great. Um, if I played that, I would like smash my guitar. <laughs> so I want to challenge, but I want to be able to play something I can play. Gotcha. So like a sweet spot, I guess. A yeah. sweet spot in the middle. Like I try to learn an Antoine Dufour song or piece and I'm just like, nope, this is this is way too hard. Is he still alive? Antoine Dufour? Yeah. Dude, he's like he's like forty. Oh, of course he's still alive. Very he much alive. Butt. Yeah, all those. How cool would it be guys. if one day we get like we get uh we get enough traction we could we could bring that guy up because I would fangirl so hard. I know, I know. I want to make that happen for you and just so I can watch that go down. Then I'd, I'd have so many questions. <laughs> It'd be like a seven-hour podcast. He's like, and he's French Canadian, and I could just see him being like. Dude, he's like, he's like, I gotta go uh, eat dinner with my wife and my kid. I'm just like, no, no, you don't. Like, come on, don't leave us, man. Like, please, please don't go. So like that would, I, that would be your dream guest. Is that that's accurate? Right? Antoine. Yeah. Yeah, one of them, uh, or one of the flamenco guys, but I don't think their English is. You know, very, I, do, I mean, you could talk could to them, and I would, I would get a little lost. But they we, speak like Spain Spanish, so. I could. I mean, I don't speak Spain Spanish, but I speak Spanish. 
Um, yeah, but like those guys, I'm trying to think of who is too big of a rock star. Vicente Amigo, definitely not. Antonio Ray, yeah, maybe. He plays a lot, though. He's busy. Mm-hmm. But what's actually really cool uh, about Antoine Dufour is because, like, one, he's a sensational guitar player, but two, uh, he does a lot of good video making. Like, he makes all of his own videos. Oh, he got, like, he big on it. YouTube, you said, right? Something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, so did An- Andy McKee. Mm. Uh, Andy McKee doesn't make his videos, though. Uh, but Antoine Dufour does, and he has, like, his studio and this other cool guy, Callum Graham. Like, he made his guitar album. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll come onto the podcast, and then he'll be like, like hey, Dalton, he's like, do you want to come up to uh, Quebec? Because he lives in Quebec, Canada. And, oh, it's uh, over for that, bro. And record your CD and, or something. I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> before, the, before the episode is done, you're like, yo, I'm leaving right now. Episode canceled. I'm just coming yeah. up there. <laughs> it was like, I'm busy for the next few episodes. Don't, don't call me. Yeah. yeah I guess, that, yeah. Dream guest for sure. I don't know about you. I was, I was thinking while I was... Uh, what I asked you that who would be my dream guest. Uh, there's this, this, you know, I know who it would be. It'd be this guitar player, uh, German uh, guitar player, uh, Martin Miller. He's a, he's a shredding machine, bro. But not only is he a shredding machine, he's like, he can shred, he cannot shred anybody. Not that that's what I'm into, but like his musicality, like if you hear his soloing, it's not just, you know, there are like shredders that kind of just play a thousand notes in a second and you're like okay it's really cool and i could probably never do that but he does it so tastefully and like really in a musical way and he can he can he can play anything he can play anything and then he he has this thing on his youtube channel where he invites like other famous musicians or or guitar players i should say and they do covers or sometimes medleys of like famous songs so if he's had like mark lettieri from uh, snarky puppy He's had, uh, uh, come on, man, you, you got to get on board. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, but and he, his band is killer. And he, he's, the, he's done covers of like, you know, really famous songs like Little Wing. And then he'll throw a solo on it. And it's just amazing. I got to send you a link, actually. Got to get, gotta get you on the same page. But yeah, he, he would be my dream guest. I know Little Wing. That's a Jimmy Miller <laughs> guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never tried to play it, but I know it. It's just so he kind of sounds like to me like more of a mainstream guy, like I know Guthrie Govin. Yeah, well, you know what, I, I, Martin Miller. People know who he is. I don't know if he's mainstream. Um, okay, you know what I mean. He's not. He's not like. Uh, I can't think of more mainstream guitar players. I should be ashamed. But anyway, Steve Vai. He's not, no, he's not that, like, Steve Vai is like a legend, you know, and, and mainstream. Yeah. yeah, he's not, like, mainstream like that, I would say. But people know, people know who he is, you know, in, in, the, in the scene, I guess. Um, but I don't know, he, he would be my, my dream guitar player. He's had, who else has he had? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, we're getting him on the podcast, too. Yes. Goals. Goals, Hashtag yeah. Hashtag goals. Yeah. So Anton Dufour and, and Martin Miller are <laughs> that's so diverse because like if you if you hear them, you know, it's just like your guy, you know, that doesn't sound, you know, it's just completely different style. But anyway, I guess that's that's what's really cool about it. That's what this whole podcast is about, really. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Music diversity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and it started from the get-go i had like an r&b guy uh the classical guy a producer dude i got some it's jazz guys dude it's it's all over the place yeah we're hopefully gonna get some uh opera singers on here too so ooh, that's interesting to me because i don't think i know any opera singers but so you're from this other world of music that's alien to me so that's also what's in i think that's what's interesting about this host co-host thing i'm wearing an iron maiden shirt and you're like golfing and playing Bach so I don't know or used to play well, Bach I should say yeah I, I, I can still play the first two minutes of Prelude from 997 come at me or no yeah 997 see that that just proves my point <laughs> in the first 20 seconds to the other four movements there you go before I forget everything <laughs> um cool so Let's um, let's bring Tony on since it's time. It's time to do our interview. So we'll have him do his thing, and yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, at the Not Your Average Musician podcast, we are welcoming our guest today, Tony Calabro, who is a badass musician extraordinaire, uh, guitar shredder, music educator, taught many lessons. Uh, independently and at New York City Guitar School. He is a good friend of mine, and he also has a recording studio, Astoria, Astoria Park, and he'll tell us all about it. But now, welcome to the podcast, Tony Calabro. What's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> Dalton, it's been a Yo. while. It's been a hot minute. You look so... Uh... It's sunny. You look so fresh from the sun. I'm tan, man. Yeah. Living that California life. Yeah. I, although Isaac's making me miss city life, but I wouldn't miss like current New York City quarantine life because it seems pretty miserable. Yeah. It's getting better, but it was pretty bad there for a few months. You left like just in time. I predicted the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, are you from this area? Um, I, yeah, I was, I grew up in Brook. I was born and grew up in Brooklyn, but now I live in, in Long Island. So. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you always lived there? Like since you started teaching for the school? No, I lived in Brooklyn for a bit, but then my fiance, she's from Huntington. So I've been out here for like, I think like three, four years, something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah Are you guys near the water? Yeah. Not too far from, uh, Robert Moses, maybe like 20 minutes, 20 oh, minutes away. Cool. I heard that's nice. One of my students just went there this weekend, actually, and she was like, oh, it was awesome. It's, it's super cool, man. It's, it's a nice beach. It's clean. Water's good, especially during these times. You know, it's, it's nice to get out, get some sun, and you know, just enjoy the day. Totally. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, man. Well, th thank you again for, for taking the time to do this, man. Um, yeah, of course. It's, it's funny. Dalton was telling me, like, hey, dude, I know this guy from the school tony and i was like yeah cool i was like do you know him i'm like no and then i, I looked at a picture like wait no i know tony man it yeah. was like <laughs> i know we've never really talked much except in those those little meetings yeah yeah you know but uh yeah i've always seen you and noticed your t-shirts and i'm like yeah he's a fellow rocker i should be <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good man it's uh yeah weird that isaac and i became friends because he's a rocker I know. Yeah, how did that start? Um, weird tunings in the Midtown 
lobby. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah. Every, that's pretty much how it starts with everyone. I was going to say, that's, that's how most of my friendships at the school have started. <laughs> Specifically, though, with Vinny DeMacy, that's exactly how my friendship started. Like, I was playing something, and he was in the lobby in Midtown, and he was like, what is that tuning? And I was like, oh, it's just the G-string tuned down to an E. And he was like, oh, cool. Let me try that. And he sat down, and we both started messing around with it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we used to – Dalton and I used to teach on Midtown – on Mondays and then we like always finish at around the same time like it was like 9 9 30 yeah and then we would just kind of chill out from you know teaching like after five six hours or whatever and I remember when he just started and yeah it was him like shredding on a nylon and I'm like I, what is yeah. he doing over there because that's not regular yeah tunings <laughs> so I was like yeah, what, no, what's he doing the master of that yeah 100 percent I listened to a little bit of, of two of the episodes but not like in full so you know, you guys just do it, do what you do. And I'll just, you know, yeah, well, for the ride. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, that this is this is a new because the ones that you've probably heard have just been you. with just me. Yeah. And then Dalton's episode just aired that we recorded back when and then he was like, yo, let me be your co host. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then now we're now we're doing this. So that, that's cool. yeah. So for those for those people out there that don't know that should probably know can you maybe tell us you know who you are and like what you do what keeps you busy these days yeah of course um so i've got my hands in a few different things right now but yeah i mean i started as a guitar player and um i ended up moving to new york in like 2003 with some um bandmates of mine and uh i mainly play you know rock guitar and I sing a little bit and play a little drums. So yeah, over the years in New York, I've done like a bunch of different bands as a drummer, a singer, um, mostly guitar. I played bass for a while and it all kind of culminated in what I do now mostly, which is, well, I teach and that's how I know you two guys, but I also have this studio that I'm in now where I record bands and singer songwriters and some of them I play instruments if it's just like a singer songwriter i'll play drums and add bass and piano and all that and then uh some bands obviously i can't do live drums here it's a small room so we uh we usually outsource that or i'll take them to another studio to do live drums and then we'll track everything else here um but yeah the studio is called astoria park recording i've been doing it for about four years and yeah just excited that I, th this last like maybe two weeks or so I've just finally got people coming back in because it was shut down for a while. I mean, I was doing mixing and I was doing a cool project that we could talk about at some point um, that was keeping me very busy throughout all this. Dalton will appreciate it. And I have some questions for him regarding it too, but uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. So other than that one thing that I'm finally done with now, I've got people coming back in to record. So yeah. And that's, that's so cool. In a nutshell. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's it's because it's I mean, we were shut down for like three, maybe almost four months, something like that, dude. So that that's awesome. Yeah. You're getting people back in. Um, you you went to Berkeley. Is that is that I did, yeah. mm -hmm. would you mind telling us maybe a little bit about those uh, Berkeley days, like how, how that came about and maybe what you got out of it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I mean, 
I always knew that I was either going to go to school for music or not at all. Probably Berkeley's the only school I applied to. So <laughs> luckily I got in. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just telling my fiance that story the other day because she's from Canada and she was saying how like, yeah, how there's like, you know, they have this whole thing there where there's like few, you get three options or whatever to apply to schools. So she had three and she's like, what about you? I'm like, no, I, we have unlimited options, but I just applied to one and I figured <laughs> working at the gas station where I was working if I didn't get in. Luckily I got in and I still went to work at the gas station over the but. <laughs> So yeah, um, no, and I also had, um, I took private drum lessons for a little while in Rhode Island where I grew up and that teacher went to Berkeley for like a couple years. So that's like when I first found out about it when I was a teenager. And then I ended up taking guitar lessons from his, uh, his guitar player from his band who also went there for about a year. And they both ended up like dropping out or transferring. But so I always knew I wanted to check it out. And then when I went and checked it out on a tour, I was just like, oh my God, this is like musician heaven. You know, like just the studios were sick and everything, even in the nineties when I went. Um, so yeah, yeah, and then I ended up going there and doing uh, music production and engineering as the major, um, which was really cool. Um, I was a, a nerd. I mean, I don't have any fun party stories. I talked to all my friends and their college is like their best time of their life. And for me, it was just like work. Like I loved it, but not because I was partying. I was just super serious about just my classes and you know, because I kind of felt like I fi I always just wanted to be doing music full time. And I was like, I can finally do this. Like, I'm not going to spend time on anything else, you know. Um, plus, I was just kind of lame. I just was, you know, I didn't like to drink at that point or anything. And it was just <laughs> I was a late bloomer when it came to that stuff. To, to make you feel less lame, I didn't start drinking until I was like 22. And I still like, it's a chore. It's hard. <laughs> But I'm just like, oh, shit, I have to, like, socialize and have beers? Like, good luck. Um, Can I just keep practicing? <laughs> but on, on my 21st birthday, it was pretty close to my senior recital. And I played an entire Bach loot suite, and memorizing the fugue was a pain. So for my 21st birthday, people were like, let's hang out. I spent seven hours playing the Bach fugue on oh, my 21st my birthday. You, that's, yeah, you definitely out nerd me. <laughs> I tried drinking on my 21st birthday and was just like, yeah, this isn't so great. I've way, I've made up for it tenfold since then. But uh, no, that back then, yeah, so no fun stories, but it was cool. I mean, you guys, I know you went to school for music, Dalton, but what about you, Isaac? Did you go to music school? Well, so I'm, I'm 29 and for like the early part of my 20s so i didn't i just i didn't go to school so i'm like on my last semester of my undergrad now oh cool yeah so my i guess my college life started a little bit later as and again yeah. as an adult like you know working teaching and all and engaged so so there's yeah. no, no part no parting for me i definitely just went to school because i really i want to learn music and and uh you know, I'm like, I'm a huge nerd too. I just want to do music all the time. Yeah. You're studying music now in school? Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. 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 But like, I mean, in even, I, I, it was, yeah, Berkeley was great and it has nothing to do with Berkeley, but yeah, that period of my life was just mostly focused on school. And I, 
I wasn't even in bands during that period. Like I was, but no bands that actually gigged like all of my playing experience. Like I thought I'm going to go to Berkeley and meet like people that I'll start an awesome band with and we'll conquer the world. And I did most of my band stuff like before that. And then after that. So like once I moved to New York, it was like just a lot of gigging and stuff. Um, so yeah, Berkeley was important, but it was more just like me developing myself as a musician and not so much socially or like even career wise, I would say it was just like learning, which I guess it's, that's what it should be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so how, I know you, you mentioned you play drums and a couple of other instruments. So how, how has being like a, a multi-instrumentalist, helped your career you know i know you said that for recording has there been other instances where it's like you know you've been like oh this is this is good yeah yeah um definitely i guess just having because even most of the time like in most band situations or even like paid gigging situations i'm usually a guitarist but um just having the perspective of what the other instruments are doing really really helps I think because like mostly for communicating you know if like sometimes I, I can be a good go-between between like a singer and a drummer <laughs> when the singer is like no it's not good it needs to be more like this and I'm like she wants you to you know play in halftime there like she, you know <laughs> or like you know something like that or just yeah the like being a, a, a good go-between when it comes to communication has been really helpful like a translator for music. Yeah, yeah, like a translator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, think, that's funny. Yeah, that's I think, a good one. I think Tony's being a little modest. I, I remember people coming into the studio and singing and him playing like guitar, bass, drums. For yeah. Like that, one, one person, you're just like, oh, well, you don't have those. I'm going to do everything for you. Yeah, yeah, that's mostly what I do. Yeah, yeah. And when, when Isaac asked me like outside of the studio, how has it been helpful? But yeah, within the studio, that's that, that's what it is. It's like... Um, and it's great because I'm a, I guess I'm a bit of a control freak, you know, so it's nice to like, if someone else might have to be like, oh yeah, we'll outsource that. And like, I'll have a drummer play or something. I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. And then like be how I want it to be. And I'm not the best drummer in the world, but like after editing and stuff, I'll get it to sound the way I want it to sound. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's creatively satisfying in that way, I think, you know. Um, and then certain things I'm just like, no, like I want this, like, uh, like strings. It's like fun to like, I, I can write string parts, which I do, but then like, I'll always get someone to play it. Cause I can't play strings. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And it's also fun to, uh, yeah, I, I guess doing the, playing the stuff in the studio and then also just kind of having a, a perspective on what, it, what everyone else's role is in a band situation is good. That's, that's funny that you bring that up because uh, you sound like me in a way where I'm like, I don't want to play with people because I want to play all the parts at one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, but the cool thing is when I do play with people that are like great, I'm like so excited. Like I really get off on it, you know. Um, I think I am like a little too critical. And I'm not even that great at those other instruments. Like I'm not a great keyboard player or drummer but I just know what I want to hear from them um 
And so when I don't get it, I get really frustrated. But when I do get it, I'm like, oh my God, like this is awesome. And like, I, you know, I love it. And it just, it's honestly to me the best feeling in the world. Like playing with other musicians that are kind of just delivering the vibe that does it for you is just the best. Nothing like it. Sweet. Don't, don't forget about your mandolin playing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fun one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I I have a question for you. I'm learning so much about Tony that I didn't know. You know, this is Um, weird and awkward because I'm like question asker and it's hard to not like. Yeah, I know. Right. We're asking you the questions. Yeah. But I'm not Uh, for any listeners out there. I do want to know about you guys. I'm not. (laughs) I'm really not. But I'm just going with the flow here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you some stuff too. But anyway, something I really wanted to ask, cause I never asked you when we were hanging out in the studio. Uh, so I recall that sometimes you dressed up for gigs and I mean, don't mean like crazy costumes, but I remember there was a poster of you with like, I think I remember, I could be wrong for that. You had like the eye paint and like all like the intense, like makeup. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm curious if you could like go and if like that's something that you had fun with or if you're like, oh, I don't want to dress up for this gig or like kind of give us insight on something oh, yeah. like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm very into glam and um, that whole side of of performance. And it starts because, um, you know, I w- what got me into music was, I guess, probably like at a really young age, like age five would be like Michael Jackson and like pop radio in the 80s but what really got me into music and guitar specifically is hair metal because i'm a lot older than you guys but when you're a kid i mean as an eight-year-old in like the late 80s like when you would turn on mtv and see this it was like so awesome it's indescribable because these people they looked like cartoon characters with like their big hair and stuff and the makeup so as a kid, you're just like, whatever that is, like, I want to do that. Like, that, like it, it was confusing. I was like, I don't get it. Like, why are they dressed like girls? This is weird. But then, like, as a kid, you don't question it. You're like, this is just a thing that's happening, and I'm just, like, really excited by it. So, I, like, so really, it was, like, Poison, who were, like, so glammy. But when I was eight, I saw a Poison video that, like, I'll never forget it, like, my friend's sister calling us into the room being like oh my god you guys this is that band i was telling you about this song is awesome and i just remember like the blonde hair and the neon lights and everything and the smoke like that's what got me into music and honestly what keeps me into music because like the thought of how exciting it can be so yeah i've gone through all phases because following that when i was a teenager was grunge and that was like anti-glam and all that but Um, I definitely came full circle back to the glam thing, like within the last decade or so and just whatever, just decided like, I don't care. I'm not going to like try to be something I'm not anymore. Like this is what I love and I'm just going to do that. And it took like getting it, you know, doing it actually in my life and like having that be like my stage look and stuff was a bit of a weird process because I had done some cover bands that were very, uh, costumey and dramatic, like, well, tribute bands. Like, I was in a Guns N' Roses tribute band for, like, five years as Slash. And that was just dressing up as Slash with the wig and all that. But then I was in a Def Leppard cover band that was, like, a little more glammy. Um, 
And then I'm also still in, we haven't gigged in a long time, but it, a, a band that plays the Top Gun soundtrack. And I had to dress up as like Ice, the character Iceman from that movie. So I was like getting used to dressing up on stage. And then I just started doing it when I would play original music, but like, you know, with my own thing. And I don't know, you might have, was it, so it was a poster or did you see me going to a gig? I think it's a poster. Okay, yeah, because sometimes at the school, I'd have to like get ready at the school and then go to the I, gig. <laughs> I, I, I think I would have like flipped out if I saw you all okay yeah. up for a gig but I, th I think it was a poster wait did i did i have long hair when we met or was my hair short the whole time no you i i only know short hair tony oh okay yeah up until like 2016 i had really long hair um so yeah i mean to be honest my original band is called thrill driver and when we started i wanted it to be really glammy like i wanted us to like tease up our hair and wear full makeup and they just wussed out like nobody else would they were like yeah yeah totally and like I started the band and I presented it to everyone that way like I want to start a glam hair band and they were like yeah totally I'll do it and like one of the other guys had long hair so like it would have worked one of the other guys had short hair and they were just not once we started doing it I'm like all right so here's we're doing the first show like what are we gonna do like and they were all like, I don't know, let's just wear t-shirts and stuff. So that kind of took a nosedive and I would try to dress it up, but then I felt like I looked weird compared to them. If I had like makeup on and all this jewelry and my chest hair hanging out and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it just, so anything you've seen is half, not even half of what I would actually want to do. And it's nobody's fault. It's my fault. I mean, I could have pushed it if I wanted and I could just do it and just say, this is what, how I'm looking and, but I just wanted to fit in and I kind of wussied out. <laughs> yeah, I'm way into that stuff. And I love when bands like have the, the, um, the courage to do it. Cause it is weird. And I, I would try to give them pep talks. I'd be like, guys, I know it's weird. Like I feel weird going to the gig on the subway. Like I would have my nails painted and like, you know, I like eyeliner and like um, I put like stripes on my face and everything. And my hair was long. So I kind of do it up a little bit. And I'm like, I feel weird. Like people look at me on the subway, but like, you just gotta own it. Like if you're into that, just do it. And they'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, next time I'm totally gonna do it. And then they wouldn't. So like, it just, it never really got to the point I wanted it to be at, but that's okay. You know, it's like, everyone's different. And I play with some great musicians in that band that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade that for them wearing, you know, eye makeup or lipstick or something. <laughs> I'd rather like it's back to being the at heart I'm just a musician nerd and I'd rather play with people who play great and you know love the, they love the music and everything so we have fun playing but yeah the image stuff is a little watered down for me right now <laughs> <laughs> my first uh one of my first experiences of, or like musical experiences here in Long Island was going to see a, a white snake cover band oh nice and it was uh it was he's a friend he's a friend of my fiance's but he's a good friend of mine now he like total shredder and i remember the first time i went to see it i've never seen anything like that live you know mm -hmm. and long hair the bass player had like makeup like pink makeup all to the walls and they had the fans and then the, so the hair would like blow yeah. back and everything and, and it was and they they sounded super good and i, I was like 
man, what is, what's going on here? And it was, it was like, it was like a really good show too, but it was just, I'd never seen anything like that in person. I was like, man, these guys are, these guys are, you know, they're committed to the cause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, and I think if you didn't grow up with that, it seems just like, wow, what is this? Like, it's so specific, but like, to me, it's just, I was so young when I was exposed to it. And at the time, that's just what rock and roll was. You know, there was no grunge yet or anything. There was no alternative rock. I mean, there was, but I was like eight. So I didn't know about college rock. Like it, that stuff wasn't in the mainstream at all. So like, you just grow up with that. And then you just kind of think that like, that's just what music is. But it was really a specific time period that was like pretty short, actually, when you look at the whole history. So it's funny, but um, yeah, we, we opened for uh, Striper once. It, it, do you guys know about them? They're like a Christian hair metal band from the 80s. Um, but they were like mainstream. They were, they were Christians, but they were like, they had hits and stuff. And uh, we opened for them at Gramercy Theater a couple years ago. And we actually had, um, we were in between drummers and we had Coleman from the guitar school. Do you guys know him, the drum, the drum teacher? In Brooklyn. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, he uh, we had him playing on that gig with us. And, uh, you know, these guys in Striper, you know, they're probably like in their late 50s now, but they just like were still living the life and had the look with the hair and their, you know, huge racks of gear and stuff. Their drummer was on like an enormous riser, like towering above everyone else, flipping his sticks and, you know, throwing them in the air and stuff. And like, I was really used to that stuff because not only did I grow up with it, but like since as an adult, I go see those bands whenever they come to town and stuff. Like I just love those shows. And he just like walked, Coleman walked up to me at one point and he was just kind of like, I, I can't, like, I didn't know that like people still did this and that like crowds came to see it. Like, I didn't know this was actually still a thing. Like, I can't believe they're doing this and like putting on a show like this. I'm like, yeah, this is just, a whole scene around it and it's still thriving i mean they're not playing stadiums anymore but they're playing big theaters and stuff and selling them out in some places in the country so it's still there yeah it, it was amazing man i don't i've never you know i've never seen anything like that so it's yeah. it definitely a cool really cool experience for me yeah. um can i can i ask you about more on your on your teaching side so, you know, Dalton's been telling me that you kind of had like a, a cult following of, of students over there in, uh, in Queens. <laughs> Everyone I, loves Tony no, only so much. You're the longest. And like, I just, I don't go anywhere, you know, like, I feel like everyone else like will leave for a while and then come back. So they lose students and stuff. I've just kind of been around for 10 years. So it's like, yeah, I've built up a a good student base and some of them I've had for those entire 10 years. Like I have a couple of people that I've had since 2010 and I still teach them. Um, so yeah, I've got definitely a great loyal base of students here, but it's like Dalton knows this, you know, the Queens guitar school is not as popular as the other ones. It's just not as busy because there's less people out here and stuff. And I think just by being here the longest and I'm here like available more than other people, I think, because I, I used to split between Midtown and Upper East Side in here, but now I just do Queens. So I do have a nice lo loyal following of students, Dalton, but I think it's just because I'm around a lot. Oh, even, even during COVID, they're still hanging with you? Yeah, yeah, doing the Zoom thing. It's been 
it's been rough, but I'm glad that they, they mostly stuck around. I lost like two people, but other than that, I'm doing like almost what I was doing before. I lost two people and then I lost like a class that didn't continue after, you know. Was it the, the super class? Or are they still around? Oh, no, they, they were um, on a long break already when it started. And then they were supposed to start up in like May or something or maybe June. And we never did because of the, because of COVID. So hopefully they come back. I've been in touch with them through text and stuff, but no, not that group. It was like a beginner class that didn't continue to intermediate. Uh, yeah. But uh, man, yeah, it's been really good. I, I love this place. And like, you know, I think the guitar school is awesome. I love just like the vibe, all the teachers are great. I mean, that's the thing. Like I just, we have these meetings and when people talk, I'm just like, you know, I just think everyone here who teaches, it's like, if you get the job and then you stay around, it's like, you're probably a really good teacher and just like a generally cool person who's, you know, good with people. And so, yeah, I think everyone, given the opportunity I've had out here, I think most of us would have seized it and, and, and made as much of a success out of it as I have. <laughs> but thank you, Dalton, for attributing some of that to my abilities as a teacher. <laughs> and, and just like, like, I'd always remember, like, at the end of my lesson, not that they wouldn't go well, but like, you know, like somebody would leave and I'm like, yeah, man, like, like you need to like get it together. You need to practice. And then people leave your lesson. And they're just like laughing. And I'm just like, what dude, like, <laughs> like my lessons aren't that fun. Like what am I doing wrong? <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely will say that it's a tough thing. And you guys know this as teachers, like you want them to have a great time, but you also feel responsible to like, you know, teach them what they need to become whatever kind of musician they want to become. So I struggle with that, man. I mean, sometimes, to be honest, like there are certain lessons where like somebody might not play the guitar the entire lesson, like the whole lesson. Like I've had people just talk and, you know, and I'll try, I'll say like at some point, I'm like, hey, we don't, you know, if you're not feeling up to it and you want to keep talking, that's fine. But like, did you want to get into the guitar stuff? And sometimes they're, they're just like, no, it's okay. I mean, I'm enjoying like, you know, talking about this or whatever it is. And then they'll just leave and, Sometimes I feel guilty, you know, but people pay money to hang out with Tony. <laughs> it's, not, it's not kids. I'll, I, I never let that happen. It's, it's like, but if it's an adult and they choose that, it's like, okay, if you're okay with it. And honestly, most of the time, if that happens, the next week is like very on point with guitar. They'll be like, Oh, thanks for last week. Like, I'm sorry that I took up the whole time, but I needed that. And like, I'm ready to get back into it. So yeah, it's never like a like a chronic thing, but whenever stuff like that happens, you're kind of like, oh, like is this, am I leading them the right way? But I think, and that's what I love about this school in particular. Like Dan always talks about that. Like it's not necessarily about feeding people information; it's about like helping people grow as people, you know. Um, and that's a pretty lofty thing for a guitar school to like <laughs> aspire to, but. I don't know. I'm on board. I mean, music is, it's, it's art and it's a subjective thing. It means something different to everyone. So just to think there's just one path for every student, like, I don't know, that's not really what I'm about. And I think, yeah, it can look all, all different ways for all different people. And I'm willing to try to, <laughs> you know, 
shepherd them through whatever that is. <laughs> Some people you can't. I mean, you you guys have probably just had people where you're like, this is just not my student. I mean, this person's just, you know, for whatever reason, like, um, yeah, that happens, but you can't win them all, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones that get to Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton's a better fit for you. <laughs> that actually that happened a couple times. Oh yeah, wait, didn't I feel like there was someone that I gave you or you gave me because they wanted to do something specific? Oh, Whoa. you had, they wanted to do the loop stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> hold on, I got I gotta chime in here, Isaac. So this well, two funny things. One, uh, I hopefully still talk to Kevin because Kevin's awesome. Oh yeah, but. Kevin was doing the group class with Tony and then was doing classical with me. Oh yeah. He, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then he stopped cause he was like trying to find a job and was super stressed out. And he's like, dude, classical is really hard and it requires a lot of practice and I can't practice right now. I'm like, dude, just like stop. It's not, it's not a big deal. Like get, get your life together and then we can work from there. But anywho, we had a guy, I think it was cause I was teaching on Sundays and Tony wasn't there on Sundays. And we came in and he already like told them that like, Hey, I want to be able to like work with the looper and this and that. And I told, uh, I think it was Jabelle at the time. I was like, Hey, this isn't going to be a good fit. She's like, Oh no, we'll be fine. The guy told, taught me about his looper. Uh, I haven't played plugged in and <laughs> probably like maybe like of my guitar life, maybe like six hours has been plugged into an amp you know and this guy's telling me about his looper i'm like hey like this all sounds good like i want you to learn stuff but like i'm not your guy i was like this guy tony is your guy and he he believed me and it was actually like one of the only times where a trial lesson just went horribly mm. but it went horribly with like a light at the end of the tunnel where i said hey i know the guy for you uh this isn't a good fit. I tried to tell our director and she was like, Oh no, we'll be fine. Wasn't fine. And then I sent him to Tony and he had way more fun. Yeah. He's a he was a cool guy, but he, I, yeah, he, he didn't want to learn anything about like playing guitar itself. He just wanted to like learn to compose these cover songs with the looper, which he ended up doing some pretty good. Did you ever see him perform at the student shows? Yeah, I did. He had some cool stuff happening. Um, I liked that guy. I ran into him at a bar actually, like, like after I was uh, done teaching him and he was, he was a cool guy. Forget his name. It started with an A. Uh, Alessandro. Alessandro. Yes. Right. He was Italian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And that's what, that's, what's great about this school. Like people are always asking me like, Oh, don't you want to go off on your own and just like teach by yourself and make more money? And I'm like, well, not really. I mean, stuff like that like being able to like be like oh you know what this isn't a great fit but like this other guy down the hall is like perfect for what you do and being able to refer them is just just a good system i'm really glad that we're still making it work through this uh covid thing i hope that we can reopen the locations though and like have in-person lessons again but anywho yeah, dalton cool. I, i'm trying to go with this format but i want to like I have, I want to know how you're doing in California. Oh, oh yeah. Um, hold on. Wait, can I, can I ask you one more question then? Yeah. Cause we, I, we had like one question I really wanted to, to ask you. Yeah. And we can talk later too about other stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm a, uh, I mean, if you listen to like when I come on, uh, yeah, I'm tan because I play golf like three times a week. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so that that's why I'm tan. I like go outside a lot. Wow. Um, you. But but anywho, so something I wanted to ask you. So we we can move on. Oh. <laughs> why you're uh, tan? <laughs> yeah, while I'm tanning, um, is tell us about Astoria Park recording studio. Oh yeah, and just like the clientele, like how it got started, and yeah, you know, you're you're in it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the room now. Yeah, so yeah, which is the the coolest room at Queens Guitar School by yeah, far. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, I was always like when I was a kid, I was recording stuff at home. I had like a little four track cassette recorder. Um, that's kind of where it started, and um. And then, yeah, and then I, I knew I wanted to study engineering and stuff, so that's what I went to Berkeley for. And um, after that, I did some, like, I was an intern in a studio for a little bit, um, which was kind of cool. There were some good clients there, like um, James Taylor came in once, and, like, um, who else was there? The Mighty Mighty Boston's and some, like, semi-famous producers and stuff. It was cool to experience it, but I, I wasn't, I just really wanted to play at that time in my life, like in my early twenties. And it's a real commitment to like do the studio thing and like work your way up to being an engineer and you have to do like long hours. And no, I was, I wasn't even getting paid. It was an unpaid one. And like one, I I met an assistant there. I always told this story and the guy like knew his way around and he was like a little bit older than me. And, I was like, Hey man, like, can we talk? Like, just curious, like, did you start out as an intern? And he's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was like, how long until they hired you as an assistant? He's like, oh, about two years. And I'm like, so you did this unpaid for two years. He's like, yeah. And I was like, what is it? Like, how do, what do you get paid as an assistant? He was like five, like five an hour, I'm like <laughs> five bucks. And I mean, and this was 2003 ish, but still I'm like five bucks an hour. Like, after two years of unpaid work, like you have to really, really love it or have some other source of income or something. But I don't know how you could when you're working that many hours. So yeah, I mean, and maybe I should have tried it again at another studio, but that was in Boston. And then I moved to New York soon after and just ended up doing other things for work and kind of got out of recording for a bit. Um, But then all along, I would record my own bands and stuff and then friends and stuff like that. And then finally I mixed the song with one of my friends, um, in my home studio. And I mean, I'm leaving things out. I had clients along the way. I would have like one band or one artist, maybe every six months that I would do like a full album with and produce them and they'd release it and stuff. But I wasn't like, I didn't have a studio per se. It was just out of my home. Um, and I, I, I co-mixed the song with one of my friends and he was just super supportive. He's a musician that I used to play with who I love. And like, he's just an awesome singer and stuff. And he was like, dude, like this song was killer. Like it came out so good. You should do this more. You should be having, he just really like was kind of just supporting me and doing this as a business. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Fuck it. I'm going to do this. And I was like, all right, I don't want to do it at home. I want it to be professional, but I can't really afford to rent a commercial space right now. So I had the idea of renting that old room at the old Queens Guitar School. 
And I'm like, man, this room is small, but I think this could work for certain projects. And I just like had this whole plan in mind. I emailed Dan and I was like, Dan, I want to do this thing. I don't know if you're open. Dan's the owner of the guitar school for people who are listening. Great guy. But I was like, I want to do this studio thing. I've been doing it out of my home. I want to have it in a commercial space. Can I rent this room from you? And like, um, I was like, okay. I'm thinking like he can use it. You can teach guitar lessons in there when I'm not there. We can kind of share it. Um, and he was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. So I ended up renting that room in like 2014. Um, and at first it was scary. I was paying monthly rent on it and just not, you know, not really getting many clients. Like it was kind of freaky. And I was just like, okay, like if I can just break even in the first year somehow. And after like three or four months, I just started getting people. Like I had one singer come in and then I did an EP with her and then someone heard her EP and this guy came in um, and then I did an album with him and then another EP and he still comes in to record. Um, he's on his like third album now, but yeah, it was just word of mouth after that. Um, I did put some ads up on Craigslist in the beginning um, back then and got a few artists from there actually like not a lot most of it's been word of mouth but I got like three or four from Craigslist who were like actually quite good this one guy Marcus Harmon everyone should look him up he's an awesome singer and songwriter and we we've done a few singles um and he was from Craigslist which I forget sometimes because now he's a friend and some guy a guy who still comes in and records but yeah so you know don't underestimate the good old Craigslist and it's free you know it's free it's like I got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of weirdos wrote me and people who weren't legit and stuff, but it was worth it because in the end you got people that actually were legit. Um, yeah. And now it's been, it's been good. I've been slow. I used to teach six days of guitar lessons. I did that for five or six years, um, spread out over the different locations. And then I've eventually like, I quit one day, I went down to five days and about a year ago, I quit the fifth day and now I only teach four days because I'm, I'm getting more and more recording clients. So I'm trying to balance it out. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a good thing having uh, the guitar school as a feeder into this, though, because I've got a lot of clients through the guitar school, either students of mine who are like, oh, I write songs. Can I record here? I'm like, sure. Or just people that have heard about me through the school, like, oh yeah, like some, like one of the other teachers mentioned, you have a studio in Queens, like I'm interested in doing an EP. So that's been really good for business. Like that's been, yeah, great. I mean, probably has been people through the guitar school. Um, so yeah. Oh, and then last year, about a year ago, Dalton knows he helped us physically do the move. Yeah, we moved to a bigger oh. place in Queens. And the room I have now, um, it, it looks kind of small, but the other room was literally a quarter of this size. So I got a bigger room and, you know, it's more money, but not much more. And I'm getting more clients, so it's worth it. And um, yeah, and now I still can't do live drums. I have enough room to do them, but there's apartments above us. So I still have to do that in other studios. And sometimes I engineer it and rent out another studio, but more often I've been just sending people to studios where I know they do that well and they just record the drums there and then we import it 
at my place and do the rest of the tracking here. So yeah, it's awesome. It's been, it's been good. The studio business is kind of tough. A lot of them have closed because people can do a lot of this at home, you know? Well, I have, um, a, I have a question on maybe on that note or in that vein. Yeah. What would you, what would your advice be to someone who maybe is trying to get started out in the recording game now with all this like technology available, you know, like if somebody yeah. really wanted to do this, what, what would your, what would your advice be for that person? My advice would be to learn, if you don't already, to learn actual music because 90% of my recording gigs are not just me engineering. That's very rare that someone's like, I want you to just mix my album. Like most of the time it's starting from the ground up and producing. So like in order to produce, you know, I mean, most styles of music in order to produce them, you kind of need to know a little bit about theory and singing and other instruments and instrumentation and all that. So, yeah, I think that's been the only reason why mine has been successful because that's all of my business has been because I'm producing or I'm session musician on the album. Um, so like if you were to just kind of like be a, a tech person who's good at engineering and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are definitely uses for that, but I think you're just, you're limited to just working on fewer projects, you know? Um, so yeah, I would say just learn music first and the tech side of it second. Cause I yeah. think the music stuff is coming. I mean, honestly, like I have friends who are killer engineers that, are way better at that stuff than I am. Um, and they're doing, some of them are doing well too, but my business has been more about on the music and producing side of it, you know, guiding people with their songwriting and song structure and arrangements and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that's being super valuable. Like somebody could show up with just like chords and lyrics and you help them flesh it out into this full, this full yeah. song, right. As opposed to someone who could just not just, but like, you know, like an engineer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then if engine, I think whatever the, whatever your thing is, that's what you should dive into deeply. That's my advice. Cause if you, if you love engineering and the tech side of it and stuff, just be really great at that and know your shit, you know? Um, but if you're more on the music side of it, which I am, then like really try to um, just, yeah, really try to grow in that way as a musician and as a, a listener and a, a, a songwriter and um and collaborator you know but they're both valuable but i think whatever your thing is like probably goes for anything in life whatever your thing is just dive deep into that you know yeah yeah for sure for sure i and i gotta say i do like you're the first guest with the best like you're the one with the best audio so far like really, oh okay. yeah i was like man he sounds he sounds super crisp and i was like oh, yeah oh good yeah it's like one <laughs> mic going into my interface but it's probably maybe some people just had their computer mic or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> their, Air, their airpods <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah cool guys well, shoot, is there, is there anything else that you're like, I, I wish they would have asked me about this, but they didn't or? Oh, well, the only thing was that project that I was just doing that, and I had a question for you 
about it, Dalton. So, oh, oh, oh me. Yeah. I just, um, I got hired to make like 12 songs for Sony and um, they're going to be putting them like, apparently um, there's like these pod, uh, not podcasts, like playlists on Spotify for like um, instrumental uh, guitar or piano or stuff like that. And it's something that people search for a lot and they get really like a lot of streams. So I had to make a 12, like a 12 song album basically of just acoustic guitar instrumentals um which is another thing that we didn't get into at all but that's something else i do musically the hair metal thing is my love but for a good 10-year period i was very intense doing the stuff that dalton's doing i was not nearly as good at it but i was really into it and i was recording that stuff and i think i even released some of it at one point so that's a whole other thing that i do is like instrumental melodic uh, acoustic guitar stuff with alternate tunings and stuff and yeah so I did this 12 song thing it's I'm looking at it as a good thing I'm a little like wary about it because they basically they bought the songs from me so I'm not going to make any money off the streams um, but you know I understand why it's a risk for them too like they don't know if it's going to do well they're, they're kind of like oh there's this playlist the thing that's working and getting a lot of streams you know, they're hoping that what they paid me, they're going to make back and profit even more off, you know, more than that with the streaming. And my friend, who's the A&R person from Sony who got me this whole thing was like, if it goes well, you know, we can probably do it again. And this could be a thing we do like once a year or something, which would be awesome. It's not a lot of money, but it was enough to make me be like, oh, like, okay, like that's worth the risk. Like if I don't make any money because he was telling me like songs need to stream like millions and millions of times for you to make any real money off of them. So I'm like, that's fine. And, and there were most, I used one old song I had from like 10 years ago, but most of them were things I never would have written if I didn't get this gig. So I didn't feel like, Oh, I'm giving away my songs. They're like my babies. It was like, he was like, I want to do this thing. The songs should be this kind of style. So I kind of catered it to what they wanted so I'm looking at it as like a work for hire and it's done and hopefully it goes well and I can do it again. And then maybe I can negotiate and be like, no, I want some of the rights to the songs and like, so I make some streaming money. I don't know, but it was really fun to do. And it was like, came right when COVID was at its height. So like I didn't have as much work and I could come in here every day and just like write these songs and record them. And it was great, but the main thing I want to ask you, and we can talk about it later, maybe I was going to email you when I was doing it. I recorded most of them on the nylon string that's at the school, the Yamaha. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's, there's other, there's 12 string and a lot of steel string, but anytime I use nylon, I use the Yamaha at the school and the intonation is not great. And I was like, man, I need a better nylon string guitar, but I knew I had to get this thing done by a certain time. So I'm like, I'm just gonna leave these as is. And I can hear it on some of it. I'm like, oh man, like some of this intonation is not perfect, but at some point I wanna talk to you about recommendations for a nylon string guitar that's not like ridiculously expensive. Well, I yeah, I don't own one. And I just was like, this is the best one here. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it. My my knowledge needs uh needs use. My wisdom needs to be spread. <laughs> yes, I know. But I'm not looking to you know. 
spend the equivalent of like a car on it. I just <laughs> more like the equivalent of like a cheap bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, no. Yeah, that can, like that can be arranged. Yeah, like a be. What, imagine what a beginner student would want, but like something a little better than that. You don't have to answer me now, but at some point. Yeah, this is fun, guys. It's my first podcast interview. Wow. I love podcasts. So cool. Listen, listen to this one because it's, it, it's growing. So. <laughs> yeah. I will, yeah. So when is, Dalton, when is yours going to air? Um, so this is, this is good, too, because uh, so my podcast just dropped yesterday. Oh, okay, cool. And I, I sound very Valley Girl California on it. I say like, like 9,000 times. He, he sounds that. just like he does all the time. He's just weirded out because he had to hear yeah. himself on recording. Oh, yeah, I hate That's that. I know I'm kind of listening back to mine. <laughs> um, but we have that. And then we have a few more episodes, I think three. And then I'm the co-host. And you are, you are number two with me being the co-host. So. Oh, cool. Well, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And it's just cool to like, you know, cause this isn't like a voice that's really heard a lot, you know, like random, uh, not famous musician, you know, probably for a good reason We're it's, you know, maybe we're, we're boring, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. The word, sorry, the word we use is scrub. Like that's a word that, I should actually, I have a friend, because it's funny, I talk to more people from like my New York City music life than my San Francisco music life. Really? And I probably talk to like, I don't know, maybe like ballpark, like six, seven people from New York and zero from San Francisco. But this one guy, this is a funny story. Maybe we can, we can end on. Um, and Isaac is going to punch me in the face because it's about nails. Um, <laughs> And I think I might have told it once, but this guy, the guy who the origin of Scrub came from uh, was a guy who's like really good at guitar. He actually went to San Francisco Conservatory after and studied with Sergio Assad before he retired. He was like probably the biggest legendary like teaching name as far as like his contribution to guitar. He writes a ton of music. Mm. Uh, but I didn't know this guy and I was like 18, 19 and he was kind of like Isaac, like like in his like late 20s and his undergrad and he just comes into my practice room like I know who he is he knows who I am but like it was never like hi I'm Dalton hi I'm Bruno he just came in he's like let me see your nails and he looks at my nails he's like they're jagged rock and he just leaves that, oh. that was my first that was my first interaction <laughs> with this guy's like yeah dude your, your nails are like rock jagged rocks and then like after that, like we like use the word for people that like, not like, not that they're like bad musicians, but like people who need to get their act together, we call them scrubs. And I still use the word to the day. So what you were kind of like saying is like, well, you know, maybe you guys are just a couple of scrubs. So <laughs> this is a scrub podcast. I'm fine with that. I'm definitely a scrub. I'm a <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you guys feel like like I, I just still feel like a hack on a lot of levels. Like sometimes, I'm like man, I got to get my stuff together. You know, like a, a hack is the the perfect the perfect word. Because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, dude, 
what if people just realize I'm a hack and then they're like, what are you, I know. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. It's this deep fear. You see like other people and you're like, man, that guy or that girl is such a badass. Like I suck, you know, like I still feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this podcast is for, for those, for, for the scrubs, for yes. the scrubs out there that need to get their, uh, their act together. Yes. <laughs> All right, dudes. Thanks so much. This was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Tony. And uh, I guess I'll see you around, man. Yeah, I'll see you guys. All right. Well. Al. Cool. Well, what a cool dude, man. Yeah, well, I want, want to say a huge thanks to Tony Calabro. Yes. Um, we, we forgot to ask him for his socials, but we will Ooh. put that in the description um, because it's always hard for us. Like somebody will tell us, uh, what like what your social media is and in the moment you're like oh i'm gonna follow them but then you forget because you're like lots of letters but we will ask tony for all of his socials uh definitely astoria park recording studio if you want to go record Um, yeah all the all the links will be in the description and then the handles will actually be in the description as well and on the screen by the time this goes out so we're good to go so so don't don't worry tony i'll i'll text them that too so don't don't worry, my friend. You are you're not forgotten. No, we want people we want people to know who you are. He's covered, man. Yeah, yeah. And and by that, you know, it's my mind too that kind of like, you know, the following's not super big now. But I kind of I heard this analogy the other day with like content and shit that like, when you start getting to the point where like it's going slowly up and then the point when it starts actually going up, it's like the tide rises and takes all the boats up. So like even these like Ooh. earlier episodes, like they, they go up too, you know, cause people start, you know, think about like I had this podcast that I've been binging and I'm like, I binged like 200 episodes or something like that. 200. I mean, not, not over like a short period of time, but I was like, the guy's not being as active anymore because of like COVID and whatever. So I just started going through his podcast, listening a few a day. They're like half an hour, 45 minutes. But, you know, it's like you want to hear what they have to say if you like it. But anyway. But um, yeah. So again, Tony, Tony was like probably the one of the most likable guys where he was just like always like, again, he's always super busy. But when he like had that time to like hang out, which was rare, you're just like, oh, dude, Tony's cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude for sure. And, uh, you know, I don't know him as well as you do, but I did, you know, we've gotten those those meetings through through work. And then obviously now it's super cool to talk to him a little bit more. Um, so, you know, if anybody's looking to get their, their hair metal. Their hair oh, that, metal see, that off. was, I was so fascinated. I was like, <laughs> okay, like something I, I don't know. And it's funny because, like I thought that I mean I didn't know what I thought like I just thought it was weird to be honest but you know like kind of seeing you know he said poison and I just thought Brett Michaels and Rock of Love yeah. that his weird show and then I was thinking of a uh, Twisted Sister as well and at least for me like I didn't grow up with that stuff so I thought it was weird I still think it's weird but like if you own it yeah. I couldn't imagine he's like yeah we're on stage and we have makeup and long hair and the drummers on are like one of those rising things I'm like dude I get distracted if somebody like sneezes in <laughs> a concert <laughs> so uh, I couldn't imagine with all that craziness going on like how how focused you have to be guess you're not playing Bach sweets yeah doing but, that but hey it's probably hard too so I mean that that style yeah I mean if you're you're shredding it's like you know gets a little technical sometimes 
Um, yeah, very technical. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it definitely brought to mind that that show I went to. I don't know if I think it's. I mean, I would never do it, but I, I think it's kind of cool, man. Like the fact you know you get up there, and like you said, they gotta they gotta own it, man. It's I can't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'd rather have be on the subway when he said people were looking at his nail polish. I was like, black nail polish or people looking at your fingernails on the subway? <laughs> What's your, worse? Your fingernails? Yeah, dude, it happened all the time. It dude, this still happens. People are like, why are your nails so long? Yeah. You're like some, I'm not a scrub. That's why. Yeah, you're like, I, I, will, I will cut you if you question my nails one more time. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a real fear in the subway. It's Dalton's nails. Yeah, dude. So this, I'm dude. I feel really good about this episode. But to wrap it up, if people wanted to support this podcast, if they were if they were inclined to help us out, help the numbers up, help get the numbers up, how could they do that? Well, a couple things. Um, as our good friend Tony just told us, uh, tell people about this podcast word of mouth just like his recording studio uh tell tell your friends like it's cool uh i'm having a lot of fun listening to it or entertaining so listen to it uh don't put it on craigslist <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe i mean i don't know if that could hurt like listen to our podcast on craigslist like makes no sense but whatever um yeah tell your friends um check it out on youtube uh check it out on apple uh podcast check it out on spotify those are the main ones you can find it on some not mainstream websites but just go to the mainstream websites that's what they're there for it's because they serve the masses uh you can also support us by checking out our personal projects uh you can check out dalton mclaughlin on youtube i have my new guitar video which uh let's pump up those views let's get it up to at least like 300 then maybe we'll shoot for a thousand um so you can check that out as well and i'm putting that on instagram which we linked that d mclaughlin 93 and then you should also check out isaac who can tell you way more about his handles and his projects than i can tell you <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm on instagram at uh isaac hernandez t-h-e all the links I'm, I'm not gonna spell it but anyway i'm on instagram and on youtube you'll find a video version of this podcast and you'll also find uh, guitar lessons or music lessons and things like that that I upload from time to time or week to week. And, uh, and yeah, also if, if you're interested in taking lessons with us, you can also get in touch through any of the mediums that you prefer because we do teach guitar. We, that's, that's what we do. We're, we're guitar teachers. Slide into those DMs. <laughs> Don't be creepy about it though. Yeah, don't don't be creepy about it, please. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you if you're trying to not be a scrub, then get your shit together and, and slide into the DMs. Learn learn from like the most worthy scrub of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's it, dude. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs>